I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. This is Let's Talk About from Style Canada. And let me tell you, we're talking. Let's face it, we talk a lot. We talk about things we love, hot topics, and anything in between. But what about the things we don't talk about? What about the things we want to know but don't know how to ask? Don't worry, we've got you covered. Let's expand our horizons. Let's talk about it. Hi, everyone, and welcome. This week, we're talking all about red flags and relationships with emotional intelligence coach, Sarah Joseph. Hi, Sarah. Hello, how are you? Good. Excited to be continuing our series here. And I think a topic that probably most people, whether they're looking for a relationship in an early dating stage, in a, you know, a few years into a relationship, getting into marriage, and maybe Mm. even, I I think even beyond that now, (laughs) we'll find interesting. Mm. Um, And so I love what you put together here. So what we're going to giving everyone just a little bit of an overview of today, we're going to go through, it's not a completely exhaustive list, right, Sarah, but like a pretty thorough list of what Sarah has seen in her work as relationship red flags. Um, And we also want to preface this a bit and that some of it might not be a red flag to some, someone. And maybe Sarah, you could talk Mm -hmm. a little bit about that before we even get into it. Yeah, for sure. And I think as I was actually going through the list, I put in some really obvious, you know, red flags that were obvious to me. And then I went, wait, but this might not actually be obvious to everyone listening because everyone's version of a red flag is different, right? Mm -hmm. But at the same time, there are so many repetitive behaviors that some of us take on and we notice in our relationships that we actually do nothing about. And we know that, you know, these feelings are still alive and well in the relationship. And if they're alive in you, then they're alive in the relationship. And we kind of sometimes kind of bypass a little bit of what's really happening in front of us. And we go, oh, that's not really a red flag because I'm used to it. Right. And that's kind of where we build this tolerance for a high tolerance for inappropriate behavior. And I can get into that. Right. Um, But just a disclaimer that just because you notice some of these red flags in your relationship, it doesn't mean that you need to break up. 
right? It doesn't yeah. mean that we need to end the relationship right now. Oh my God, there's a red flag, right? If anything, we all actually need to experience some red flags in our relationship so that we can, you know, heal and grow and evolve as people, as people that are loving each other and then individually within our families, right? So be mindful that red flags are actually kind of a good thing, but know when it's too much and then when you do need to leave and know your threshold, know how much you can tolerate. And at the same time, know where this is a boundary or somewhere where you need to place a boundary with yourself, or if this is an area where you can learn and you can grow together. So there's yeah. def definitely different areas where you can take all of these red flags, but these are just some generic ones and things that I've noticed either in my own relationship and just uh, counseling with other people as well. Mm -hmm. Well, and I think it's important you, you mentioned that and what you just said is like, if two people are willing to work on these red flags and there might be some that are more work onable, like a lack mm -hmm. of communication than maybe like physical abuse yeah. that then there is, you know, to your point there, that's something that you can work on in the relationship. I think in, in my experience anyway, not necessarily being an expert in this, but it's like when the other party isn't willing to work on any of their mm -hmm. behavior and you're not willing to work on any of your behavior, then where That's do you end where up? Probably where you're kind of at a standstill, right? Like if no one's willing to evolve as a person and maybe that's honestly, maybe that's a relationship green flag is when you do find someone who's willing to like work on themselves, better themselves, mm -hmm. better your relationship. Um, maybe, maybe in another episode we can do relationship green flags. I think that would be great actually. <laughs> yeah. Cause I, I came across that idea and I was like, you know, some of these actually lead into green flags, which is great. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think starting with the red flags is good for a lot of people to know what they should be aware of in their relationships mm -hmm. and why. Mm -hmm. There's a podcast that I love that's about relationships specifically, um, mm -hmm. dating and relationships. It's called You Up. And it's like a comedian in Jared Freed and Jordana Abraham, who's from Betches Media. And they have this segment on the podcast that's called Red Flag or Deal Breaker. Um, and it's kind of interesting because they talk about the nuances of, I guess it's a little different than this, but they kind of talk about the gray area of some of these things. And again, some of them might have, some of these lists that we're going to go through might have a gray area. Others probably don't. Um, but it's, it, it is worth saying that, you know, depends on the context of your relationship, maybe to some extent as well, or maybe the time of your relationship. Like I noticed, um, an inconsistent behavior and we'll, we'll go through line by line, but inconsistent behavior is one of the red flags you have listed. So they're hot and cold. And I mm -hmm. think that that's at the start of a dating relationship, probably kind of common, right? So maybe not as much of a red flag at the start of a relationship. Um, right. But let's get into it. Let's go through it. So the first one you, we have here is excessive jealousy. Ooh, that that's a great one. <laughs> excessive jealousy. So normally in the beginning, we don't often always see excessive jealousy or jealousy right on at the onset, right? That's usually behavior that comes after. But for some people, it might be the case where it does happen at its onset. But let's say you're in a relationship for a longer period of time, and then you start to notice jealousy. So it might appear as them not allowing you to hang out with your friends them not wanting you to hang out with even family sometimes, them not wanting you to even, you know, be in relationships with the same or opposite sex, right? Um, jealousy can even show up as a way to control, manipulate, or dominate um, the other person, right? So usually when jealousy comes up, it's 
a way to say a way to say it better would be angry admiration and we, hmm. jealousy doesn't appear as admiration right away in fact it's masked by all the painful feelings so really what this other person you know might be feeling is that i'm actually i actually wish that i could you know do what you do or have friends the way you have friends or have relationships the way you have relationships but it's masked with a lot of painful feelings like anger and helplessness and sadness and rejection that it becomes difficult to actually ask access that admiration and be able to use it in the relationship. So that definitely takes some work. But jealousy in a relationship is a big one. And it stems from a lot of uh, control and anger. Interesting. For that one, I've never, never really experienced excessive jealousy on my side or because I guess these could be our own relationship red flags too, right? Like there's one I actually think is probably my relation, my own doing Mm -hmm. red flag. The only thing I would say is I think sometimes getting into a relationship, I don't know, this doesn't really necessarily have to do with excessive jealousy, but you know, you mentioned the hanging out with friends, hanging out with family, like you, there is a, there is that merging of your lives, right? And so that's probably the time I'm guessing that you would see this excessive jealousy more. Yeah. Sure. Okay. yeah, it could definitely come up there um, a little more. There's also, I've never really personally experienced excessive jealousy, but I've experienced excessive dominance that stems from jealousy. So um, I know we were talking in our last podcast about masculine and feminine energy. And at that time, I, in the specific relationship, I was really heavily dominant in my masculine energy. And then being with another male that also wants to be heavily dominant in their masculine energy, dating me was an attack to their dominance, right? It was an attack on their masculinity. And what I found found came up a lot was jealousy between how much money we made, right? So maybe who made more, who made less. And this specific person, you know, had the mindset that a man should make more than a woman, right? And of course, I was not comfortable with that. But having being coming from the childhood that I came from, I have a really high tolerance for inappropriate behavior. So I let a lot of things slide at that time. And, you know, you're young, and you're kind of like, okay, maybe, maybe this is okay. Like, he'll get over it eventually, but they actually don't get over it at all, right? It fuels more of the hatred in the relationship. So a lot of resentment came out of that relationship. And a lot of excess of jealousy and dominance came out of that relationship. And it was kind of even to the point of who walked in front of who, Right. Or like Mm, if you took a step further than he did, then it it was like you were getting yourself into an argument. So there are people out there that do, you know, really do see this to be their truth. Right. That dominance or that masculinity. And if you threaten that, then they can become easily jealous or threatened by you. You mentioned tolerance, too, to some of these things like Mm. your own environment and how you grew up, like major tolerance to that higher. I guess. Right. And so that's really interesting too, because I think it probably, it took me some time to get into a longer term relationship because my tolerance was not there for a lot of things. (laughs) Which is a good thing. (laughs) Which is maybe, which is well, like just maybe not even all red flags, but my tolerance wasn't there for a lot of things. And so that also the pendulum can swing the other way too. Right. We're like, Yeah, so definitely finding your balance with that, right? So when I mentioned having a high tolerance for inappropriate behavior, essentially, if you think about it, maybe you can go back to your childhood or things that have happened to you in the past. And 
if they were really detrimental things, over time, you've learned to kind of bypass them. You've gained a tolerance to really be okay with what's not okay. And unfortunately, when we get into relationships, what happens is we allow people to treat us in a way that we're really not okay with, but we become okay with it because we were taught to be okay with it. We were conditioned to be okay with it. So that happened for me for a long period of time. And only until like really healing and going through my emotional journey did I find that learning when my emotional tolerance was being spiked or my tolerance for inappropriate behavior was being spiked and actually dialing it back and taking it slow and going, is this an area where I'm abandoning myself or allowing somebody to mistreat me, right? And then because I, I didn't have the tolerance to understand that for myself because of how high my tolerance it was, I would put myself in the average person's shoes, right? And I'd say, would the average person be okay with somebody checking their phone constantly. And I went, no, I don't think so. Right. I think that would make somebody, you know, feel upset or disrespected or not trusted or rejected, but I'm letting this behavior slide. And even though there is a part of me that, you know, feels this isn't okay. There's also a part of me that's going, ah, well, I've dealt with worse. Right. So then we let a lot of things slide and it builds up in the relationship. So notice when you have a high tolerance for inappropriate behavior in your relationship and notice how you really actually feel about it. And then if you can't make that distinction, put yourself in someone else's shoes, the average person, and notice that if someone else that hadn't gone through what I went through was experiencing this specific situation, how would they take it? How would they feel? And you might be able to shift your perspective that way. Hmm. Interesting. I like that. Um, the next one we have listed here is gaslighting and manipulating you. So I think the manipulating part is probably straightforward, but for those, I feel like gaslighting has become this very big buzzword. Can you maybe explain it for those that don't have a clear definition on it? Yeah. So the best way that I like to explain it to clients is basically making you believe that what you're seeing, feeling, thinking is not actually true. Right. And this could show up as saying things like you're crazy, you're delusional. Um, there's no way I would do that. But in fact, that could actually be what's happening. So a lot of the time when gaslighting is happening, we're also feeling a lot of opposite emotions that are telling us there is absolutely no way that my intuition is off. Right. Usually your intuition is going off when you're making an assumption that someone's gaslighting you. Right. We always don't know when we're being gaslighted. Right. Until, you know, we get the information, we're more informed and we're going, whoa. But usually your body is giving you indicators and communicating to you when you are being gaslighted or when you are being manipulated, for example. Right. So you may feel uncomfortable. Right. You might feel a little fluttering in your stomach right? You might feel your intuition kind of pull you back and go, huh, but that doesn't make sense. Or you might require or ask more information because it kind of sounds confusing. So notice your social cues in terms of what your body is communicating to you. And that can really help you with understanding whether or not you're being manipulated or gaslighted. But for a large part of us, being in tune with those feelings takes time, right? And again, high tolerance for inappropriate behavior, we might let a lot of things slide that we're just unaware of. And that's not your fault, right? Mm -hmm. hmm. Um, the next one is, I think, one of the things I have to work on. Um, mm -hmm. They don't take time to listen to you. So I know I'm not the greatest listener, even sometimes in this podcast, I'm like, zip it, Elise. So <laughs> I know that, that that's something like an active listening is something that I am aware of in myself and working on. Um, 
And I do think I've actually made progress there. So pat on the back to me, but it's something like I always just think when I get excited and I I talk and I also think I never liked silence growing up. And so I fill the space right. with talking versus like listening. So I've been working more on my listening skills. So I don't know if you have anything to add to that, but I'll point out one of my own uh, weaknesses there. <laughs> I love that. No, and I love that you're really aware of that, right? And I think that's the biggest part when we're not aware of the fact that we aren't good listeners or aren't good communicators, for example. And then we go into these relationships and then kind of get confused why it's not working, right? Mm -hmm. And then it kind of is an attack on our ego when we have to, you know, learn how to be better listeners and better communicators. And it's like, oh, what's wrong with me, right? So I actually completely understand what you're saying because for a long period of time, I wasn't a good listener either, right? I was also very excited about the things that I, you know, experience or go through and I love to talk and it's kind of been my career now. But something that I've learned through coaching and coaching clients is that, a lot of clients want to be heard, right? And a lot of clients want the space to be heard. And that is kind of how you can help solve so many solutions is just giving someone the space to express what they feel and how they feel without judgment, without criticism or without commentary, right? Some people just need a shoulder to, to cry on or somebody to hear them out. And after I learned that, I went, okay, so how do I learn to zip it as well? And for me, it was a simple practice that I started doing um, with my feet. So what I would do is I would ground my feet into the floor beneath me and kind of imagine like a string pulling me down into the earth's core. And the reason that we kind of sometimes over talk or the reason that, you know, it becomes a hard place for us to listen is because our thoughts are everywhere. Like they're just going everywhere. We have a million thoughts per, per second. We're just processing so many things at the same time and we want to get it all out before we forget. So what I find is that grounding myself kind of into the earth's core as I'm listening to you helps me to be there for you. And it kind of helps me to calm down so that I can process my own thinking because not every thought that comes to mind needs to be said. Right. And maybe it's the thought that really can help the person that comes maybe 20 thoughts later. Right. Without having to say all 20. Right. So not being able to listen in a relationship can be really difficult because the other person doesn't feel heard. Right. They don't feel and they'll, they'll end up feeling really rejected, really vulnerable, really helpless. They might even feel um really exhausted in the relationship for not being able to express how they feel and they might feel really under, misunderstood, right? So listening and active, active listening is how we can help um, more of our relationships feel more understood, heard, and seen in the relationship. Okay, I love that. The next one is pretty straightforward. I don't know if if you want to add something to it, you can, but verbal and physical abuse, um, yeah. I think that kind of is uh obvious um the next yeah, one of verbal sorry, and physical abuse yeah any type of verbal or physical abuse is a big no-no in a relationship right if there's anybody um if there's anyone touching you or saying things to you that makes you uncomfortable setting that boundary is really important or letting the relationship go is also very important to not only your safety but your health right? And the future of your relationships moving forward. But there are some of us that have come from backgrounds where we've been severely verbally and physically abused, right? So getting into a relationship, it's almost strange to not have that, 
right? So they may, again, have a high tolerance for inappropriate behavior, and they may allow it to happen to them again, right? So that's why I don't want to say that it is obvious, right? Because for some people, it's not, right? That's true. But, yeah. but in most cases, yes, verbal and physical abuse is not okay. Mm -hmm. uh, next, we have they seek constant control over you. I'm guessing this sound, mm -hmm. this one sounds like it's a little tied to that jealousy piece that we talked about earlier. Yeah, it's definitely tied to the jealousy and definitely tied to the gaslighting and manipulation. Seeking constant control definitely comes from insecurity, right? So it comes from the insecurity of not knowing, it comes from the insecurity of from their past relationships of how they were treated. Right. So many of us may have been cheated on in the past. And then we kind of take those wounds with us into new relationships. And then we kind of project them onto other people when that might actually necessarily not be the case, except we haven't taken the time to heal those wounds and to go into really understand where this is coming from. So definitely looking at where you're seeking control and why. And then going in to validate that that makes a lot of sense, but that this person isn't the person you've dated in the past, right? And look for reasons for why they do love you, that they are showing up, and that they don't deserve to be treated the way that they are being treated. Uh, the next one I mentioned uh, earlier, the inconsistent behavior, so they're hot and cold. And I think this mm -hmm. is like such an... Um, uh, natural one or one that happens often in early stages of dating, especially how we're dating nowadays, like on apps and through text and maybe a message one day someone's love bombing someone and the next day they're going cold and ghosting or the all these kind of buzz dating terms that we've used. So I can imagine early on in the dating process, this is probably fairly common because the likelihood that you may be met on an app, this person isn't doesn't know a lot about you so you can't expect them to be that involved in the scenario and so they might appear hot and cold right um I, I guess here we're talking about more into a relationship not mm -hmm. necessarily like at the getting to know you part is that fair to say or maybe I'm wrong yeah, maybe I would say that I would say yeah. the hot and cold does definitely make sense in the beginning right but if someone is truly interested in you they'll make the time right yeah. and so maybe you're giving it after Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. In the relationship, right? In the relationship, I feel like that paves way to have a conversation, right? About why is it that you're really hot and cold in the relationship, right? We've been dating for X amount of years. I'm a little confused. I'm a little concerned, right? And if there's anything that you could possibly be going through, could you let me know? Because we all come from all, we all come from very different walks of life, right? And the reason someone could be hot and cold might not always be because it has to do with you or the relationship, right? Maybe they're hiding a family secret, right? Maybe they're going through something that they just didn't want you to know about. And we can have that compassion and empathy for them, but we also need to get to the root of it because if they're just not interested and they're straggling you along, well, that's not okay either, right? So using your intuition in that area is actually a really good thing. And your body will always communicate to you when something is wrong, right? And that's a great way of looking at that. The other thing about inconsistent behavior, especially if you've been dating for a long time, is to notice scammers, 
right? So oh gosh, I feel like these are yeah. all the Netflix specials that are out now. Yeah, yeah. keep going. I'm so into so this. It's a yeah. big, big issue in our day and age, especially with online dating. We don't know who we're actually talking to anymore, right? Mm-hmm. We don't know who we're sending money to. We don't know who we're communicating back with. We don't know who we're sending pictures with or to, right? So make sure that you have valid proof of who you're actually talking to before you ever make decisions to get involved with anyone that you are maybe having a long distance relationship with, right? So just be mindful that there are people out there with not the best intentions, but are acting in ways in which they need to survive, I guess. But it's not helpful for us to get involved with, you know, that type of drama, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. So be mindful of scammers, especially when there's inconsistent behavior and hot and cold behavior. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Oh, wow. Interesting. Yeah, mm-hmm. save that for the Netflix special, not for your own life. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, number seven that we have here that I'd imagine is probably one of the most common um, mm-hmm. relationship issues, maybe not a red flag, but relationship issues is lack of communication, right? Is that fair to say? Is this probably one that you see a lot? Oh, yeah, for sure. I had definitely seen that in my own relationship at one point in time, right? And like we said, it's not, it's great that it's a red flag, we can bring that awareness in and notice that there's, you know, lack of communication here, we're not able to respond to each other. And that also stems with not being able to listen to each other, right? Um, so they're kind of go hand in hand. But then there's also the fact that I you don't necessarily need to always end your relationship, right, because of the lack of communication. But if it's to a point where you've tried and you've tried and you've tried, and it's just not 
you know, yielding the results that you need for a healthy, happy, you know, intimate relationships, then yeah, maybe you do need to reconsider, right? But lack of communication is huge because we communicate for everything, right? Um, I feel like it's a whole episode, to be honest. It is such a huge episode, but... <laughs> Communicating is going to lead into your physical intimacy, your emotional intimacy, and your mental intimacy, right? And as well as your spiritual intimacy. So being able to understand that communication and making space for that person to communicate and also making space to listen is going to impact how much intimacy you have in the relationship and how fragile the relationship will be moving forward. So the more communication you have with each other and open communication that you're willing to express negative feelings, you're willing to express happy thoughts and willing to express vulnerabilities in your past, your present and your future. It's really important that you connect on all those levels so that your partner one knows what they're getting into and two, you can create a life around all of it. Right. So being accepted for your past is really important. Being accepted for who you are in the present is really important. And being accepted for who you're going to be in the future is also really important. And that requires a lot of consistent communication and also being able to communicate when you can't communicate. So the number one thing that I at least found in other relationships in my past were that when say there was an argument and my significant other didn't want to communicate or didn't know how to, they would just ignore you or ignore me, right? And that for me was a trigger being ignored and being dismissed and being rejected was a trigger for me. But at the same time, it's really great emotional intimacy to be able to say, hey, I don't know how to respond to you right now. Can I take a minute to process this? That is great communication, even though, you know, you might be in the heat of the moment and you need some type of validation or explanation, them saying, hey, I need a minute so that I can, you know, communicate my thoughts effectively so we don't make this worse could actually be the solution or, hey, I don't know how to get to this. Can we take a minute to cool off and then let's find a solution together, right? Or let's talk about it on a calmer note. So communication is really huge. I feel like that's, I know that's something we've talked about in past episodes. And I feel like one of the biggest things I've learned recently, anyway, in the last like few years is just like picking the time for a conversation in any kind of relationship, like making sure that you have your thoughts gathered, you're in a good space, that the person that you're having the conversation with is ready for the conversation. And it could really change the, you just, you touched on it as well, but it could really change the the direction that this conflict or conversation goes in. So I feel like that's um, something we've talked about before, and I'm sure we'll be talking about it again <laughs> for sure. on this really podcast. Well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so just to lead into that one, it's a little further down the list, but you talked about emotional intimacy. So mm-hmm. maybe, you know, we have on here like a lack of emotional intimacy. It sounds like that kind of goes hand in hand with communication as well. For sure. So emotional intimacy can come not only from communication, but also our listening, right? But being also able to notice the other person's emotional cues, right? And to know what they need when they need it. Of course, not being able to read their mind, but knowing your partner enough that you can be able to be there for them in their emotional vulnerabilities, right? And knowing what they are, maybe even knowing what triggers them and what doesn't brings you a lot closer than you think. Um, so a lack of of emotional intimacy can lead to a lack of physical intimacy as well, right? So, um, 
physical intimacy can be anything from cuddling to having sex to, you know, holding hands even, or, you know, a kiss in public, right? It depends on what your physical intimacy is, but a lot of the emotional intimacy stems from, a lot of physical intimacy, sorry, stems from emotional intimacy because of the feeling of safety, right? So emotional intimacy allows you to feel safe with your partner, right? It allows you to be able to express and open up your vulnerabilities without judgment and criticism. But if you're experiencing unsafety in the relationship, it'll also stem into your physical intimacy because you don't feel safe opening up physically or emotionally with this person. For some people, it could be the opposite. Maybe they're okay with opening up more physically, but they're unable to open up emotionally, right? And there's a whole list of reasons why that could be, you know, the case, but we'll focus on uh, lack of um, emotional intimacy for this one for today. But mm-hmm. definitely pay attention to whether or not you can, you feel safe expressing your feel- thoughts and feelings with your partner. And if you don't, where does that lead you, right? Does it usually lead to a fight? Does it usually lead to you feeling dismissed or rejected, right? Does it lead to you wanting to go speak to someone else, right? And how, where does that lead the relationship? So being mindful, of where you're lacking in your relationship, either emotionally, emotionally, mentally, physically, or spiritually, and being able to learn how to connect emotionally is a big one. I know I've worked with a few clients where they've talked about not having the emotional intimacy within their relationship. And a large part of it is because we don't have the emotional intimacy and capacity within ourselves. Right. I was just going to say, I feel like emotional intimacy or emotions in general is probably not a lot of, probably not a lot of us were taught how to express our emotions. I'm guessing. I mean, I feel like many cultures probably don't Mm. necessarily, like I even think of my grandparents growing up, like we always knew that we were loved and they loved us, but there wasn't a lot of, I love you. Right. So like, I, I think that that's, I think that's probably the case with a lot of people in our gen, maybe even older than maybe a generation older than you and I Mm. um more so than a generation younger than us maybe but I don't know you tell me I I feel like people are I feel like people are coming more open with their emotions now yeah a lot of people are becoming more open to them but there are people who refuse to actually understand that type of um education right so there are there are people that are like well no I don't believe it because I've just grown up this way right so I'm just not going to accept it I don't want to change I don't want to grow and evolve and that's okay right that that depends on you but notice where you not changing and you not learning these new types of be learning these new types of um, emotional intimacy skills can really be detrimental to your relationship or your happiness in general Right. So again, the lack of emotional intimacy could also stem from the lack that you have within yourself and then seeking emotional intimacy outside of yourself. So from other people, right, um, could actually cause more harm than good. Right. Because now we're in this state of dependence and desperation of having and receiving something from them. And that kind of creates a lot of conditional love. Right. So we need to also be careful of, you know, being heavily reliant on having emotional intimacy from someone else if we're unable to find it within ourselves as well. Okay, interesting. Um, There's three that I think kind of go together here, but so I'll say them all and then we can chat through them. So they increase your feelings of feeling bad or insecure about yourself. They don't support your goals and they don't accept you for who you are or try to change you. Is it fair to say that those kind of could be grouped a bit? Yeah, definitely kind of 
they, we can group those quite a bit. So yeah. they increase your feelings of feeling bad or insecure about yourself. Um, I'll start with that one because the reason I say that um, they increase your feelings, right, is because no one can make you feel any emotion, right? So no one can actually put a feeling in or emotion inside of your body. It's happening for you. It's your emotions. It's your feeling. It's your feelings. And we need to take ownership for that, right, and accountability for that so we have more control over them. So why I say they increase our feelings is because we may already have those bad feelings or insecure feelings about ourselves. But if someone else is constantly triggering your trigger, which is to talk about you in in this insecure way, or mention bad things about you, it's going to increase and elevate those feelings that you already have. And it's almost going to feel like they're justifying them, right? When in fact, they are, right? They are increasing them, they are justifying them. But what we also need to go in to do is accept where our insecurities and these bad feelings come from so that we don't get walked all over. So we can set boundaries when they are showing up and so that we can remember to leave the relationship if this is an area that cannot heal in the relationship. And this is an area where you need to find a way to work on you or just walk away in general, right? Because having somebody increase your feeling of insecurity or constantly being heard that you are a bad person when you know deep down that you are not, right? We're all human and we make mistakes. It's, again, another manipulation tactic, right? It's, well, no one's going to want you, right? Because, you know, of X, Y, and Z. So you might as well just stay with me, right? Um, And that can become really, really, really toxic behavior in a relationship. So just be mindful of how they speak to you and how they treat you and what negative feelings inside of you they increase so that you can, one, use it as an indicator to heal, but then also use it as an indicator to set a boundary in your life and to decide whether or not this is someone willing you want to, you're willing to stay with or that you need to leave. Is this then also, so the next one that we have here is they threaten to break up with you all the time. Mm. Is that, it kind of seems like it might fit with what you just said there as well. So like, you're not good enough for anyone or you're a terrible person. Mm. No one else will want you. I'm breaking Mm. up with you or how to, how to, what does that look like? I have never experienced someone threatening to break up with me personally. Right. Mm. But threatening to be left is probably something no one ever wants to hear, right? Especially if you love this person, you're in a happy, healthy, you think you're in a happy, healthy relationship, right? Um, And then someone just hits you with, well, I'm leaving you. And that really increases the sense of I'm not good enough. I'm not worthy enough. And I, you know, I don't deserve anybody or nobody deserves me. And I have no worth to the world right? Or to other people. And what they're really doing is using, you know, I'm going to break up with you. as kind of like a lifeline. And, you know, if they want something done a specific way, if they need something from you to be able to hold you and kind of dangle you, and that's not okay, right? So again, remembering to notice where your tolerance for inappropriate behavior lies, and then being able to go into validate, well, this is not okay, right? To be told that they're always going to leave me because now I feel really insecure, Right now, I feel like the entire weight of the relationship is on my shoulders when it should be a shared relationship, right? Mm-hmm. It's probably one of the harder things to hear when you're in a relationship, right? Like, sure, going to break up with you or that threat of that. Mm-hmm. Um, they cheat on you. Mm-hmm. Pretty straightforward one, I think. I guess there's lots of different levels of cheating, whether we're talking about um, 
uh, an emotional cheating or like we're at the workplace together and your work wife or work husband, Mm -hmm. um, physical cheating, obviously. So anything else to add there? Yeah. Cheating, cheating is definitely a big one. Even if it's, you know, innocent something I hear all the time is these innocent conversations online right oh she just told me that she liked my picture right or you know weird flirtatious comments under other people's photos um some people consider porn as cheating as well right so being mindful of what the other person considers cheating right Mm -hmm. and going in to have a conversation about these are the things that I will not tolerate moving forward Right. And if that's something that they cannot commit to where it's constantly happening, well, they don't have the safety within themselves to not cheat. Right. So we also need to be mindful that this might be an area that we need to walk away from. Um, But hey, there could also this could possibly not be an issue for some people. Right. There are people that. Yeah, that's true. Okay with it. Right. Mm -hmm. But are okay Mm -hmm. with it from a sense that they benefit in a different way. Right. Mm -hmm. So I wouldn't necessarily, you know, just say this is a red flag, but for most people it is. Right. So definitely be mindful of cheating. And I think it's interesting to you mentioned, like we live in a world today that makes cheating a lot easier. I feel like, I guess if you want to cheat, you could always cheat, but to your point, there is, I would think more gray areas of cheating, like the you know, when, when Instagram used to have, you could see people's, um, what their activity was online. Right. And you're like, Oh, why did he or she like that photo or comment on that or whatever it might be like that didn't exist in our parents. (laughs) Right. So like, I would imagine in some ways, yeah, like cheating has got into all these different buckets and different areas. And also I feel like Esther Perel does some really interesting work around like monogamy and relationships and things yeah. like that. Um, which is probably another topic that we could like dive into at some point. Cause I always find that really kind of interesting as well. Um, and her like studies there. Um, so yeah, good point. Not maybe I really think as we're going through some of these, I was like, oh, that'd be so black and white. But now that we're like kind of talking about it, I'm like, oh, maybe not always, right? Like, and then the last one that we have here. one size fit all, right? Yeah, that's, I guess that's with relationships in general. Mm -hmm. The the last one that we have here is they never talk about a future with you. So I'm assuming that this could be an okay thing week, month one of the relationship. Maybe we're, maybe month one, we're talking about like going for dinner next week. Mm-hmm. Not, you also don't want them. Um, it's almost a relationship red flag if they're talking about like in week one going on vacation with you, I would think a little bit too, right? Because that's like too much too soon, mm-hmm. I think. Again, personal um, preference, right? Some people like yeah. that, right? So, yeah. um, but yeah, so I guess the never talking about a future with you, we're probably also like into the relationship a couple months anyway, I'm guessing. And, and, not having these conversation about like maybe it's marriage maybe it's kids but maybe we're also here I think talking about like just future plans like what concert are we going to go to what vacation are we taking that kind of thing yeah no I definitely agree at least in my own dating experience um talking about the future really didn't happen until a couple months in and you know the relationship was going somewhere and you Mm -hmm. know that makes a lot of sense because it does definitely take us some time to integrate someone into our lives and actually picture them physically in our mind, right? So normally when you think about your future, what you're doing is you're going in your mind and you're going 
forward and, you know, fast forwarding time and noticing if you could see this person there with you or traveling with you or, you know, having kids with them or getting married or whatever it is that, you know, your future you have in store for your future. So if you're a few months in and they aren't talking about a future with you, couldn't might not always mean that, you know, it's a red flag that you need to get out of the relationship, but it could mean that you need to have a conversation about, you know, where things are moving and how you see them in the future and if it aligns with your goals and what you want for yourself right so a lot of the times I know me specifically I in the past I've dated and I you know just went with whatever they wanted right even if it didn't consider my you know my personal goals right or it didn't consider me in the future I just went well if it happens it happens if it doesn't it doesn't and while that could be a great concept at the same time I'm abandoning myself and my own dreams and my own needs and desires and assuming that, you know, that will come later, right? When in fact, I am the creator and CEO of my own life and I should be the one that, you know, hire fires and promotes people, right? So I should also <laughs> be mindful of who I keep in my life too, right? So be mindful of um, whether or not they do talk about a future with you. And if they aren't, get to the root of why, right? All There's nothing wrong with asking why. And it normally doesn't have to do with you, but um, maybe they're going through something. Maybe there's, you know, insecurity there talking about their future. Maybe they don't even think about their future because it's so scary for them, right? Mm-hmm. So there could be reasons why we might want to go ahead and judge, well, this person isn't talking about a future for me, then it's a no, right? But going in to have that extra compassion, open vulnerability and open communication is going to help you get to the reasons why, and then help you further your relationship from there and decide whether or not it's for you. Mm-hmm. Like that. Okay. So we got through all 14. I'll just maybe read them over again without any commentary. So if anyone's looking for an exhaustive mm-hmm. list, this is what we have here. So excessive jealousy, gaslighting and manipulating you. They don't take time to listen to you. There's verbal or physical abuse. They seek constant control over you. Inconsistent behavior, lack of communication. They increase your feelings of feeling bad or insecure about yourself. They don't support your goals. They cheat on you. There's a lack of emotional intimacy. They never talk about a future with you. They threaten to break up with you all the time. And they don't accept you for who you are or they're trying to change you. So... I think that was really interesting. Like we said earlier, and like we've kind of said throughout, everyone's barometer on this is kind of indicative of their past. For me, like a really interesting take of like, there's all different sides to this, but also again, coming back to that idea of if we have two people that are willing to work on things and change um, and, and build something better together, then none of these are complete deal breakers, I guess, in a way. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Well, thank you. Can you let everyone know if they have any questions specifically for you, maybe on any of this or where to find you to follow along? I know you have some great Q and a sessions and things of that nature, because I feel like with relationships, people will probably maybe want to dive a little deeper and I'm sure we will as well in the coming podcasts. Yeah, so my website is actually up and running. So you can check that out at www.sarahjosephcertifiedcoaching.com. And you can just, you know, book a call or you could just send me an email and I'll receive it if there's any questions. You can also find me on Instagram, TikTok and Twitter. And if you want to check out my five step process, you can look at my website or you can check out my article with She Made Digital. Awesome. Awesome. Thanks so much, Sarah. Thank you. Chat more next week.
Thank you for tuning into this conversation. If you were intrigued by anything in our conversation, we encourage you to talk about it. Tell a friend, post on social media, take action in your very own way. Subscribe to get the newest episode at your fingertips as soon as it drops. Until next time, check out Style Canada, a disruptor in the media for its community of inquisitive style seekers. You can find us at style.ca or on social media. Just like this podcast, Style Canada is not just about style. It's about living a lifestyle that leaves people open to evolution and opportunity. This episode was hosted by Elise Gasparino. The music credit goes to Raspberry Music and was brought to you by Style Canada. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.